0: Welcome to BMO Smarter Investing, the new podcast series that's all about helping you make smarter investment decisions. Join top BMO economists Douglas Porter, Sal Guattari, and Jennifer Lee each month as they discuss the latest market developments and insight. Together with a panel of special guests, they'll take a deep dive into topics, trends, and forecasts that are relevant to new and experienced investors. Three months have passed since uh, we kicked off the Smarter Investing podcast series with a discussion about inflation, and as feared, the climate has only gotten hotter since then. We remain as worried as ever about the inflation outlook, though still expect to see the first signs of moderation in the spring. But will the retreat be enough to keep central banks on a gradual path toward rate normalization rather than a steep upward climb that pushes the economy off a cliff? To discuss uh, the inflation and interest rate uh, situation for the U.S., Canada, and Europe are Jennifer Lee, Ben Reitzes, and myself, Sal Guattieri. Ben, let's start with the inflation picture in Canada, which, though the worst in three decades, is still less dire than in the U.S. and and even Europe. What's the situation there, and, and where do you see Canadian inflation going?
1: Well, it it might be less dire than the US, but it is still uh, pretty extreme here in Canada. Uh, We'll be getting our inflation numbers for January on uh, February 16th, and they look to move uh, to just under 5%, and and that's a multi-decade high there, and Core inflation stripping out some of the uh, volatile components and then extremes like uh, gasoline and such, uh, still looking for for uh, above 3% in uh, at least a couple of those metrics. And so inflation may not be as, as hot as in the US, but uh, it's, it's still very much up there. And it's still well above where the Bank of Canada would like it to be. They, they target 2% inflation, uh, and, and 5% is definitely making them very uncomfortable at this point. Uh, And so they they have a a a meeting coming up on March 2nd, and uh, we're expecting them to raise their policy rate by 25 basis points to 0.5%. And and that's expected to be the first in a series of rate hikes. We're looking for four consecutive rate hikes at their next four meetings. So March, April, June, and July. uh, That would bring the policy rate up to one and a quarter percent. And then they take a bit of a pause and then uh, continue a a continue their rate hike campaign at a quarterly pace, moving in October and January and April and then bringing rates uh, up to, to
0: 2%. So still very much uh, an issue for Canada uh, as well. Jennifer, at over 5%, the euro area faces the fastest uh, inflation since the, the single currency region formed. What What's happening there?
2: Lots of things are going on over there. So euro area CPI, they've actually surprised the ECB on the last two occasions. First in December, when it hit a record high of 5%. And then again, in January at 5.1%. And the rates, when you look across the region, are pretty mixed. Uh, You got the headline inflation rate either at or near record highs, like Spain and Netherlands, for example, are both seeing rates north of 6%. Or they are at multi-year highs, like in uh, Portugal or Italy or or Greece. But when you strip out the impact of food and energy, you've got inflation rates are, are not as high, but they are still creating a lot of pain for households. So one troubling development I got to talk about was in Germany. Um, so in January of 2022, so just last month, the inflation rate unexpectedly picked up when everyone had expected slower price growth due to what happened in January of 2021. So here is the brief history. The German government had cut their value-added tax, or the VAT, in 2020 um, by three percentage points just to help businesses cope with the, uh, the pandemic. And this wasn't supposed to be forever at all, just to help them get past you know, all the shutdowns. So in January 2021, the VAT returned to where it normally was supposed to be, which was 19%. So despite this higher base, CPI still rose at a faster rate. So like I said, it was a bit troubling to see that happening. So what's driving European inflation? You've got a number of reasons that are very similar to what everyone else is seeing around the world, you know, um, supply shortages and of course, labor shortages. But energy is definitely the biggest driver as you've got oil and natural gas prices uh, skyrocketing especially the case with Europe's energy needs. Um, They've got 61% of those needs imported. So it costs more now, for example, to drive a truck. So you've got higher transportation costs and that's spilling into other items that the truck is, is transporting, like food. So the cost of food is higher. Now, the ECB's official view is that inflation is going to remain elevated for longer than previously expected. But that it will decline over the course of the year, but I think that official view is going to um, change come March when the Euro when their new forecasts are released.
0: So no signs of uh, moderation uh, in in Europe or across the pond uh, either. So, I mean, of course, inflation in Canada and and Europe pales next to the situation in the U.S., where the CPI rate of 7.5% is the fastest in four decades and Clearly, no signs of moderation in recent months in U.S. prices. In fact, if anything, the price increases are spreading to more and more items. It's not just a gas and food price situation, it's nearly everything rising at a pretty good clip. And some of this increase, unfortunately, is likely sustainable. I mean, the surveys we're seeing really just confirm that businesses are passing through rising input costs stemming from. From supply issues. Um, and they'll keep passing through those cost uh, increases as long as they can, uh, which, which is probably until demand cools in response to rate hikes. And it's not just a supply issue. I mean, excess demand um, is really uh, what's pushing uh, 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 prices uh, globally now, it seems. And it's due to overly stimulative policies. Uh, especially in the U.S., those two rounds of rebate checks to households a year ago, and, and just deeply negative real policy rates, basically businesses can't keep up, um, and you know that's that's why not just um, um, you know they're not just raising um, prices; they're 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 just um, continuing to to push through these cost increases at almost an accelerating rate now. Uh, and it's a broad range of cost increases too, including wages. So. Now, we think U.S. inflation will peak pretty soon, probably just under 8%, um, but we still see it pretty high, 4.5% by the end of this year, and you know maybe a more tolerable 2.5% by the end of next year. But the point is, inflation is going to remain uncomfortably high uh, for this year, and we remain well above consensus view. And that's if everything goes right, oil prices moderate and wages don't uh, accelerate further. So I mean, basically, the Fed wanted higher inflation and actively sought it. And well, it it got it. Speaking of the Fed, there, there's been a sea change shift in view at both uh, at the Fed and the Bank of Canada and finally acknowledging what many analysts, including ourselves, have been fretting about for months. And that's high inflation isn't just due to Temporary factors like rising commodity prices and snarled supply chains, but to overly strong demand fueled by excessive policy stimulus. Ben, can you uh, discuss uh, the Bank of Canada's metamorphosis as an inflation fighter, and, and perhaps repeat where you where you think policy rates are going in Canada?
1: Sure. Um, it, it's the bank has really uh, changed their tune, I guess, over the past six months or so. But they have been uh, ahead of the curve uh, from a policy perspective. They they were first to end their qe policy first to taper their qe policy and now they'll be uh, at least a couple of weeks likely ahead of the federal reserve and in, and in, in raising policy rates at their their march second meeting but that, i think the question right now isn't necessarily um when the bank raises rates but but how quickly they go and, and uh whether they they could go faster than than the 25 basis point clip that i mentioned earlier uh, and that that's been an active debate in the market, and and uh, inflation again has been extremely hot, and, and it it's likely to move above five percent. Where where it probably will peak at some point in the next uh, few months or so. But uh, you're you're talking inflation well above the Bank of Canada's two percent target, and uh, the question then is whether they can go fifty basis points at a meeting. Uh, and that there, there is some of that priced into the market at this point. And, uh, we don't believe that they will move 50 basis points. The bank has made it pretty clear. They want to be a source of stability, a source of certainty, uh, and, and that would not be consistent with that kind of surprise move. Uh, and that, that's a little bit of a d- departure from, from, uh, the prior governor, uh, when, when governor Polos was in charge of the bank, there were a number of surprise moves. The market was caught off guard a few times. It doesn't look like governor Macklin wants to follow. Uh, that same MO. He wants to be much more predictable. And and so that that probably means 25 basis point rate hikes. And uh, we suspect, again, you're going to get a series of those moves as, as uh, inflation is going to take some time to calm down. You need to get demand uh, decelerating a little bit. Uh, the housing market is also a big concern for the Bank of Canada. We got uh, January housing numbers uh, on, on Tuesday morning on, on the 15th of February, and, and they were really very strong. Uh, home prices rising 28 percent year over year, and a number of cities seeing gains in the 30 or even 40 percent range uh, from a year ago. And uh, looking at the charts, you can see a number of home, uh, cities have seeing their prices go parabolic, which is 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 not not a healthy sign at all. Uh, prices just should not be rising at that uh, at that type of pace. And so, uh, all the all those things reinforce the fact that Bank Canada needs to push rates higher. And so, uh, we have four rate hikes in the next four meetings, and then and, and then the bank moving to a quarterly pace after that. Uh, and, and the risk would be that they have to be even more aggressive at the end of the day. And maybe maybe they don't take that pause and, and they continue to move at every meeting until we get to 2% uh, if inflation doesn't cool down and if the housing market stays as hot as it has been.
0: So the Bank Canada is basically fighting a couple demons, uh, high inflation and and a crazy housing market that certainly needs uh, some dowsing um, before it gets too out of hand now. Uh, Jennifer, uh, the ECB still seems to be clinging to the hope that inflation will fade all by itself without much work on its part to cool demand, though it uh, at least uh, is acknowledging upside risk to the inflation outlook. Uh, Is the ECB playing with inflation fire?
2: Yes, uh, I think some of them might be sort of hanging on to that idea about hopes fading by itself, as you pointed out, but they might be hanging on with like one finger these days. It's definitely a very legitimate concern. There's a risk that, you know, number one, energy prices are going to stay elevated. And of course, number two, we're going to start seeing some second round effects form. You know, when you have consumers, you know, they have high inflation ingrained in their minds, you know, it costs a lot more to fill up your tank these days or heat your home or feed your family. And that can drive inflation expect- expectations up and up, like away from the target. So now on that second point, the ECB has been saying that it is not seeing a lot of these second round effects just yet. And when it says that, it's because it's looking at core prices and how they're faring and just as an indication of medium term price developments. And so far, uh, uh, core prices recently have turned a bit lower from 2.6% to 2.3%. But it's still still definitely worried about that whole wage price spiral forming when you've got higher demands from unions, when they're getting ready for their wage negotiations or from any normal worker who's negotiation, negotiating their own pay. But again, wages in Europe, by the way, are not as pressured as they are in the U.S. And I think it just comes down to how the labor market was handled during the pandemic. And that's allowed the ECB to be more relaxed. For those who can't see me, I'm using my air quotes, more relaxed than the U.S. Europe right now, the uh, the jobless rate is at a record low of 7%. But average hourly wages are up about 2.3%. And you can compare that to the U.S. where wages are up 4.5%. And I think, again, that's because of all those furlough programs that the various European governments rolled out during the pandemic, so their pay and their jobs were buffered during this time. But the longer um, inflation remains above that 2% target, you have to imagine that workers are going to demand bigger pay increases just to preserve their spending power. Now, back in December, the ECB was talking about inflation rate and how it's going to likely average 3.2% for 2022. Um, And that was up already from its September forecast of 1.7%, which sounds extremely, extremely low at this point. Um, But that forecast is for sure going to be revised higher in March and is likely going to be um, done so for 2023
0: as well. So the ECB may need to raise rates at some point, but just the pressure doesn't seem to be as intense as uh, as either in Canada or uh, in particular the U.S., And, and My sense is, our sense is, no central bank will likely have a tougher time taming inflation uh, this year than the Fed. I mean, because U.S. inflation is already one of the highest among uh, advanced uh, economies. And as you mentioned, Jennifer, uh, the the labor market situation is notably different in the U.S. than, than in Europe and even in Canada. It's much tighter by According to our in-house uh, uh, labor market slack measure, it's it's the tightest on record. Um, and that's why we're seeing wage growth um, running at least two percentage points faster in the U.S. than in Canada. Um, and the U.S. economy still has pretty good momentum. I mean, we saw that in the stellar January jobs report, to, to, despite Omicron. Uh, and I think for the Fed now, the problem is, um, you know, it has to deal with these lagged effects of interest rate. Increases in cooling the the economy, which means it may need to move pretty quickly or more aggressively than it would like to, just to uh, see that cooling starting sometime this this year. And it and of course it's starting to raise rates from these very low, this very low starting point, where it, by our estimates, uh, U.S. monetary policy has never been more stimulative, uh, at least since the mid 1970s, and that's not even counting QE. That's in place now and and was not half century ago. So the Fed may need to run pretty fast to uh, to catch up with inflation. We do anticipate hundred and twenty five basis points of increases this year, hundred more next year up to two point four. percent But you know much like inflation, uh, the risk for rates is is to the upside. We judge it's probably nearly even odds of a fifty pointer in in margin. That may not be the only 50 pointer that the Fed would need to to pull pull to uh, tame inflation.
2: But a 50 pointer isn't a done deal that, though yet, right?
0: Oh no, no, no. It's yeah, we're still looking at a series of quarterly rate moves from the Fed. But start, it, it's it's pretty close call whether they do move uh, 50 points uh, in March. It'll come down to the next set of uh, job and CPI reports. If they're as strong as the last uh, uh, the January numbers, uh, it's quite possible the Fed may. It need to pull out that bigger gun. So, how about um, longer-term interest rates? Uh, we've talked a lot about policy rates, and that. How about longer-term interest rates? Uh, Will they rise as fast as as policy rates.
1: That's a, that's a great question, Sal, uh, and I think one that that uh, is is very much on the market's mind. Uh, what we've seen so far is is they've they've been relatively restrained, if if you consider the fact that. Uh, thirty year bond yields in Canada are at two point two percent and and two point three five percent of the u s uh, when inflation is at nearly five percent in Canada and and over seven percent in the u s, uh, you're dealing with sharply negative real rates at the moment. So I wonder if anyone is willing to buy long-term bonds at the moment, but that uh, they are, and part of that is is a relative value uh, proposition. And you look at uh, North American bond yields compared to Europe, for example, German bond yields are, are just 54 basis points so uh much much lower in the uk they're about one and a half percent and uh in japan they're 90 basis points and so you're looking for uh yield and, and north america is one one of the places you can find that uh, and then on top of that you have the fact that the, the, the fed and the bank of canada own a whack ton of bonds so the fact that they own just such a large percentage of the market is has helped contain the upside risk for yields, at least so far, that could very well change if inflation really stays persistent and, and stays a little bit stickier. Maybe longer-term inflation expectations change, but uh, we're not there quite yet.
2: It's interesting you mentioned Japan, Ben, because you know that's one central bank that is absolutely digging in their heels and saying we are not doing any tightening anytime soon. And you know their yields have also been uh, rising at the long end, just um, in concert with everyone else. And the Bank of Japan had to throw in, you know, a lot of funds uh, uh, earlier this week just to keep the 10-year yield um, from straying too far from its target of, you know, about 0.25% or whatever. Um, so that's one, one standout, I think, for all the central banks.
0: Yeah, I've always been um, surprised by how sanguine investors are on the inflation outlook, really, you know, pricing in very little in the way of higher inflation over the next uh, five years compared to how American households that do see inflation remaining pretty sus- uh, sustained higher for for a while. So a bit of a um, dichotomy there. I guess this all begs the question, are central bank bankers so far behind the, the curve now that they, they'll need to over-tighten policy? And we know that never ends well for the economy. Uh, and this is a fear that um, several high-profile analysts have, have been raising recently. What are your views uh, there?
1: Uh, well, that that seems to be what the market thinks. If you look at the, the shape of yield curves and, and where forward rates are, uh but the market's expecting rate hikes over the next uh couple of years and then rate cuts thereafter there's some some curve inversion there and so that the only reason you'd have those kinds of of, of rate cuts are because the economy is is probably in in not in great shape and so that is clearly where the market is currently headed and that's another reason why you have the 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 long-term interest rates being where they are is is uh just a lack of faith in the in in, in the market that inflation is going to stay elevated and uh, at the same time, faith that the Fed is going to tighten sufficiently to contain those inflation risks. And, uh, so you put all together, you get low, lower long-term rates and and kind of a a, a bit of a hump in the front end of the yield curve. And uh, whether that's where we end up, I I don't know at this point. But it's uh, it's certainly a risk and seems to be the market's base case at the moment.
2: Just like quote Bank of England Governor Bailey, you know uh, the markets also expecting a lot of interest rate hikes, aggressive hikes from the Bank of England as well. But he's Basically, said, Look, you know, we are we need to tighten because we need to bring in inflation, but we are not tightening because the economy is roaring away. You know, we, we're doing it because, uh, because again of inflation. So, I think, you know, if he's going to walk his talk, you know, he's not going to be on a one way path to uh to, to higher rates.
0: So, overall, it looks like the investors uh are sanguine on inflation because they think the Fed will do its job, and but unfortunately, we'll may need to over-tighten and the risk of of pushing the economy into the tank. Um, Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Maybe they they will uh, manage this, uh, you know, that coveted soft landing. Uh, Not a great track record in the past, but um, maybe this time will be a a bit different. I guess what we can do is just um, end on... um, uh, uh, Wrapping up, just some of the uh, implications, I guess, or tips for consumers and investors uh, that are now, you know, having to wade through this potential minefield of inflation risk. And I guess a few things come to mind. One, I mean, households may need to re-examine their budget um, if inflation and interest rates, um, you know, especially if interest rates go higher than we anticipate. You know, look back, look at you know, cutting back on items that perhaps are not rising sharply in price. Uh, while switching to to those goods or services that are either holding steady or becoming cheaper. They're few and far between, but uh, you know, there's always, uh, or generally always, substitutes. And of course, maybe a good time if rates are going up to repay debt, if possible, and perhaps lock in uh, loans. Just based on our uh, forecast for the Bank of Canada right now, as far as uh, Taking out a five-year fixed versus five-year variable mortgage rate, it's you're pretty well indifferent based on our forecast. The five-year fixed rate um, is just over three percent. Five-year variable rate is about half that fixed rate, uh, but it could rise pretty quickly if the Bank Canada moves 175 basis points by next spring, as as we anticipate. Um, now, I mean, if you're worried about inflation uh, and you think rates could go up uh, a lot faster than what we're projecting, and if, if you're going to lose sleep over that, then maybe uh, it would be time to lock in. And of course, for investors, um, always wise, I guess, in a rising inflation environment to, to take a look at inflation-protected notes. Equity investors are bracing for a period of volatility um, during in this early stage of the tightening cycle. I mean... U.S. stocks are pretty well following the, the historical playbook of correcting um, on you know, the eight to ten percent range uh, in the early stages of of a tightening cycle. Uh, so nothing too unusual now. But investors, you know, if, if rates are are going up uh, faster than anyone anticipates because inflation is remaining stubbornly high, may you know want to lean more towards defensive or dividend paying stocks because they. Um, become a little more important than, than growth stocks in a rising uh, interest rate climate. And of course, uh, maybe wise to to pick companies that have some ability to pass through higher costs to uh, to customers and, and preserve profit margins. And of course, you can always look globally. Uh, inflation is not rising as fast in some countries as as others. Uh, Certainly not rising much in in Japan compared to the U.S. and and not rising as fast uh, in Canada compared to the U.S. as well. And maybe that's one reason uh, Canada's stock market has been outperforming uh, the U.S. market uh, recently. So I guess we'll leave it at that. We'll wrap up. Inflation outlook, uh, as perilous as ever. We've been warning about uh, this for several months now and Fortunately, you know, three months ago, we, we, we thought inflation would keep rising and I thought we'd have some better news to to tell our, our, our viewers by this point. But unfortunately, we still have yet to see a turn uh, in inflation, either in, in the U.S. or, or Canada and, and not quite yet in, in Europe either. Um, but still projecting that will be the case over the next few months. It really will come down to how quickly inflation cools this year to uh prevent interest rates from rising too dramatically. So we'll leave it at that. Thanks, uh, Jennifer and Ben. uh, And uh, thanks um, for our our, uh, viewers uh, for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to BMO Smarter Investing, podcast brought to you by BMO Investor Line. We're here to empower Canadians to invest smarter. For more information about how you can start investing today, visit bmo.com slash online investing. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get the latest episodes wherever you listen to your podcast.